Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Irish company Frankie Health is reinventing mental health support for the workplace by using the latest digital tools. We talked to the company's co-founder James McGann about Irish company's growth plans and why employers need to pay more attention to the mental well-being of their most important asset, their employees. You're very welcome, James. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so tell me about Frankie Health. I mean, in our pre, pre-chat pre there, we were talking about your own background. Uh, at one point, you said you were a, a website employee. Uh, so you've, you've obviously been paying close attention to the digital star of space, but now you're doing your own business. Now you're now you're you're in the situation. And, and, and the last time we wrote about you guys, it was earlier this year when you uh, closed a 1.25 million investment round led by E15VC, and you were creating about 20 remote jobs. So t- tell me... About the origins of Frankie Health, what 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 was it that sparked the company? Well, I suppose there's a number of key points on that journey. I'll probably touch on on, on three of them, going back as early as possible to start off. Which is, um, my mom started one of the first private psychotherapy practices in Ireland in the 1990s. So mental health was always something that was talked about in our house before it was a topic in you know social and, and public settings. And so I was lucky enough to have that kind of understanding quite early in life, but I still had that naive belief that I was invincible growing up. And the other key point in this story is when I first learned um, what it is to go through a a burnout and through a challenging period of of mental health myself, which was when I was about 25 and I'd moved to uh, the States after finishing up in, in college to work for a few startups over there. And I had, uh, Two startups I was working on and working for failed and the relationship I was in broke up, it collapsed and I fell into a dark place for the first time ever, no support structure around me. And thankfully, because my mom's practice back at home, I was introduced to a therapist to do Skype calls with. And this was in 2013 before it was, you know, anyone else was really doing it um, or at least talking about it to one another. And I also got into meditation from then as well. And so this kind of hybrid self-care path started and that just continued supporting me through my work career. My work career was always in sales for small early stage tech businesses um, of which uh, I was lucky enough to, to join Web Summit on the sales team. It was a small sales team back then versus the size of them these days. And spent time in, in California, a bit of time in London. And then I moved to Asia Pacific, living in, in Hong Kong and Singapore for uh, in Singapore for my mate's fintech business. And all through that journey, the mental health supports that I picked up in 2013 really just helped me and empowered me on that journey because it's really commonplace in especially startups and fast growing tech companies that burnout's just accepted as something that happens. And in 2019, within that fintech, we were growing really fast and people were, were you know, being challenged by stress and burnout and I was able to stay balanced. And I was able to stay balanced because of those supports. So within that insight, me and my co-founder Seb, who was also he just sold his startup, realized that there's no platform here specifically for identifying and preventing burnout within businesses ahead of time. And let's go for this. And it was right around that point that was the spark that got us to, yeah, building Frankie into what it is today. 
You know, often I, I, I joke uh, wryly with family and friends that there is no rule book for life, um, in, you know, and often, actually, there, there are many. If you look in the self-care sections of most libraries or, or bookshops, but in life, really, when you leave college or school or, I mean, getting, getting, I'd say even these days with, as with kids and social media, even getting to your 20s is a minefield you're in your 20s, you leave college and suddenly you're in the world of work and you're in the deep end, really. And a lot of people are making up as they go along. A lot of people joke and look back on their 20s. I certainly do and go like, oh, my God, I was a crazy decade. But, you know, you're right. There are no real supports for when things go wrong. You you, you go in uh, into the world bulletproof and ebullient and you can take on anything and then you get setbacks. You have relationships breaking down for the first time in your life. You're, you suddenly find yourself in lonely places. You've career sets back for the first time. You think it's everything, everything goes wrong in one go sometimes. Um, you get through it, but a lot of people really struggle with that. And you're right, there are no supports. There, there are very few supports when things go wrong in life, in most cases. And, you know, you could be having a breakup in your 20s or it could be uh, struggling to pay for a mortgage in your 40s. All of these things, are, you know, no one's ready for any setback, really. But in terms of life and, and, you know, in this digital age, and we all carry around these smartphones, we're all nodes at the end of a network now. And, you know, our devices in our pockets are smarter than anything anyone had on their desks 30 or 40 years ago. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, the, the, the pressures of life are, are still enormous. You're, you're, you're under pressure to succeed. You're under pressure to just deliver at work. Uh, you look at successful founders at web summit and you go like, wow, how, how come I'm not a millionaire like them? <laughs> you know, there's all these pressures or you look on TikTok and there's all these beautiful people or Instagram. So many different kinds of pressures on, on people in so many different ways. How does your technology and platform help people navigate this tricky world? Because you could either be in work, the world of work for the first time, you could be in the world of work for many years and you could have a setback. You know, so many different things could derail you. Uh, what what does Frankly, Frankie do to help? Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing is to understand where someone is on their mental health journey, and that's the spectrum. So what we have found over the last 18 months is, to your point that you never know what's going to happen and, and put you into a challenging end of mental health, and we've all been forced through that via the pandemic in the last 18 months. So to double down your point even further, millennial employees, so those aged between 25 and 40, are struggling with it more than anyone else. So that cohort is really finding the last 18 months very challenging. You know, before the pandemic, it was about just under 18% uh, suffering from anxiety. And now in the last couple of months, the pandemic stats have come out to show that it's about uh, 56% of millennials employees suffering from anxiety and or depression. So that's a, a huge increase. And Frankie firstly identifies where someone is on that spectrum. You know, it's a continuum. We all move up and down based on inputs that we can't control in our lives, like the pandemic, like a relationship breaking down, like having to move house, whatever it might be, all our mental health is changing at this point, almost on a weekly basis. So the first thing that Frankie does is try to understand where someone is on their mental health journey. And we do that on two capacities. One in terms of passive data, that Frankie's machine learning system pulls in and starts to understand and process. And the second is on active data, which basically just means interactions that someone has directly with Frankie on a one-to-one -one basis. All of those interactions with Frankie are confidential and kept in this contained one-to-one -one relationship between Frankie and the, the user. And based on that insight, we're able to then recommend essentially 
a, a series of supports based on where they are in their mental health journey. It's actually a, a predictive model. And those supports are aimed to be able to correspond to all the different needs that you might have, depending on what challenge you're currently going through. So for example, we have therapists and counselors in 10 different languages available to jump on an end-to-end -end encrypted video call within about four clicks. And then we have coaches, coaches covering things like sleep, uh, financial well-being, uh, the challenges of being a new parent, uh, extremely varied. And ultimately, those professionals are vetted through our team and then onboarded into our platform. And then all of those calls happen in Frankie end-to-end -end encrypted. We don't have access to any of that data. Those calls all happen privately between the two individuals. We also support group sessions. We support co-founder counseling. Um, there's lots of great stuff in there, but also we have a very complementary suite of preventative mental health exercises and content. So that means things you can do in your own time. You know, maybe you're working all day and you want to go for a walk and put in your earphones and listen to a meditation about gratitude or happiness or forgiveness and go on your walk and, and do that. We also have, you know, integrations to wearables like Apple Health, Fitbit and Garmin. Um, so exercise is a big one that we try and understand and, and integrate into the platform as well. Um, so, yeah, they're the main parts in terms of the supports that we offer. Calls of practitioners, therapists and coaches, and then preventive mental health exercises and content. That's quite a good suite of things. And and like, I mean, uh, I was, my ears are pricking up of different ones you were saying there. I was going, oh, that's really good. I might look into it myself now. But it, it, as 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 an end user, is is the who who do, how do you sell your product? Do you sell to employers or do you sell individually to people? Or how how, how I mean, who who who's your end customer really? How do you make your money? <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate question. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we sell Frankie as a SaaS platform, so software as a service to businesses. Right. And business owners and HR teams pay to get Frankie to their team members who are either working in office, hybrid or remote. And Frankie is accessed um, through you know, their phone, their laptop or their tablet and is available to the employees at no out of cost, out of pocket expense to the employee. So the employer covers it. And I have to say, John, it's it's not every employer that's evolved their way of thinking to understand how important it is to support their team's mental health. We work with some incredible founders, CEOs, and, and chief people officers that are ahead of the curve and understand that, you know, burnout is affecting the business across the board. You're 2.6 times more likely to be looking for a new job if you're currently experiencing burnout. So there's a cohort of employers that understand how important it is, and we're only interested in working with them. So we work with those employers to get Frankie to their team. It's available with a single sign-on through usual platforms like Google and Slack. It gets to them quickly, it's personalized, and it is very much confidential and private. And uh, the the investments you made earlier this year, a raise earlier this year, and the jobs you created, and interestingly, they're all time you made a point of it. They're all remote jobs. Um, the next stages for the company: are, are you looking to raise more money? Um, what, what's next for you guys? Well, we recently expanded into Australia, New Zealand, um, and as of this month, Singapore as well. We're already live in UK, Ireland, and a couple of other countries in in Europe. So next is actually the States. So we're going live in America with a couple of clients uh, in January. So we're doing all of the prep work on that at the moment. And then we'll be raising our next round of funding in the middle of next year. 
Wow, that's a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of good things going on, and and I suppose then the, your thoughts on the the startup ecosystem in Ireland. Um, how I mean, it's been a very interesting two years. I mean, at one point last year, I remember writing about how many startups risk going to the wall because funding had dried up. Uh, we've seen funding take a kind of a roller coaster journey here. We've had uh, groups like Scale Ireland um, campaign for for better supports for startups. Um, you know, and then in the middle of all of this noise, there's simply people just getting on with it and doing it and making companies and building companies. And you mentioned there, uh, one of the things people don't talk enough about, even when you talk about things like the web, is how many companies have even come out of that alone. Uh, and, and I think if I think back in companies like Iona Technologies back 20 years ago, I mean, that, that, that one spawned about at least 40 startups in Dublin. So there's a lot of... Um, Things that don't get acknowledged enough in Ireland about startups and some of the best founders sometimes you don't even hear about because they're just getting on with it. Um, but what what do you think of the actual ecosystem in Ireland and and you know what would you like to see change to make it easier or better? Or, you know, is it just hard enough to keep make, to make quality founders? <laughs> I, I think Ireland sits a, in a wonderful opportunity to uh, develop a very prosperous and unique startup community, but. It needs to be developed. So it's not there at the moment. Um, I think, you know, we have a couple of unique challenges in the sense that a lot of the young tech talent goes to work for larger uh, corporations in Ireland at the moment because they're such well-paid um, jobs and, and they're, they're very well looked after. And unfortunately, that does mean it's, it's very hard for local startups to find great talent um, at a good rate that's affordable. Um, so you end up having to, you know, use equity and other levers that, that you can to try and get the best people involved in the team. But ultimately, this remote opportunity has given Irish startups like us to be able to go and hire overseas and, and kind of work around that challenge versus trying to work through it. And the ecosystem has another challenge around just the risk tolerance in the culture here. Um, you know, we have a low risk tolerance in general. And I think that's, it's evident in terms of people willing to make that jump out of the kind of well walk paths of finishing college and going to work for one of the big accountancy law firms or one of the big tech corporates and, and taking that leap and moving into the unknown. I think it's shown in, in some of the, investment mindsets in Ireland as well, in terms of people taking money out of property and maybe putting it into uh, an early stage uh, tech investment. You know, there's there's few government initiatives like SEIS that isn't really well known. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity there around tax incentives to try and help, you know, people towards the end of the career that might have more investable capital and to be able to invest in, you know, younger guys and girls that have ideas. And there should be tax incentives, more tax incentives to support that. There should be higher amount of communication and understanding about the existing tax incentives. Um, and I think I would always encourage people to travel outside of Ireland. Like Ireland's too small to build a business that's gonna be big enough to raise venture capital and go on that startup journey. So you need to be able to operate outside of Ireland from day one. And I think one of the best ways to do that is, is to understand the land of opportunity, the world of opportunity outside of Ireland. So go and travel, experience it before you do make your first startup missions happen. And uh, 
you know, always operate with the mindset that Ireland isn't a market. Uh, it's just a place that, that you live and then you, you operate in a much broader market. Yeah. Brilliant. And with that sound advice, James again of uh, Frankie Hell, thank you so much. That was great. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. All the best.